BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. We're coming to you straight off the second lowest rated televised State of the Union in history. President Biden trying to persuade journalists now that all of his classified documents are from the year 1974. This as his lies in the State of the Union are being denounced by even left-wing fact-checkers. And if his State of the Union address didn't convince you that he's the most dangerous president ever, his remarks to NPR's Judy Woodruff should do the trick, admitting his funding to Ukraine already at $100 billion is ongoing, indefinite, open-ended, and without end in sight. And, of course, no questions asked. Well, you remember how much he doesn't like Ukrainian questions, Ukrainian prosecutors especially asking questions from his days as Obama's vice president. Well, it still stands. And, folks, we've got a nightmare, as we all know, for a president, a Marxist-dem political party that is thugocracy in action and a federal government rotting through and through with political corruption, ineptitude, and arrogant indolence. And it's only getting worse. The good news is the Republicans in the House are working hard to get the truth out to the American people. Congressman Jim Jordan's Judiciary Committee and Congressman James Comer's Oversight Committee hearings underway. And as Congressman Clay Higgins reminded Twitter executives this week, this is the investigation part. Next comes the arrest part. I like the sound of that. How about you? And so the retaking of our government is underway, and it's not an easy undertaking, to put it mildly. If anyone doubts whether the Biden regime is compromised by the Chinese communist dealings with the Biden crime family, then the China balloon debacle should be eliminating those doubts. As the recovery operations go on off the South Carolina coast, what we're hearing is pretty much what we suspected all along. It is a damn spy balloon. Biden and the Mandarin General Milley let float clear across the country, paralyzed at the very idea of taking action to defend America's sovereignty and to shoot the thing down. Or is it paralyzed at the thought of upsetting Biden and his son's Chinese sponsors? Our guest today is the producer and director of the outstanding documentary on the Marxist Dems and Deep State's conspiracy to overthrow President Trump. It's entitled The Plot Against the President, directed and produced by the highly regarded screenwriter and director Amanda Milius. Amanda, it is great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show. Welcome. Let's, let's begin with the China surveillance balloon. Almost sounds clinical and unthreatening, doesn't it? A uh, spy balloon sounds a little more threatening. Whatever we call it, that thing paralyzed our military and civilian leadership for a week. Your reaction to it all? Well, it's great to be with you uh, again, uh, uh, sir, as always. And uh, yeah, I i mean, I want to say I can't remember a week this ridiculous, but I remember Afghanistan and its pullout. Mm -hmm. So 
I got to add, yeah, the balloon is embarrassing. So was Afghanistan. But I mean, as far as I know, 13 soldiers didn't die in this one. But, uh, you know, would we know if they had? I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it certainly does not project, uh, uh, strength, uh, Reagan's idea of peace through strength. Uh, we're not, we're not emanating, uh, strength here. Yeah, it seems to be a, uh, you know, if the people don't see something, we'll say nothing. Uh, and it's clear that they knew about this from, uh, the 28th on, I, and in a week's time, it took four days before they would acknowledge what the public was reacting to, a, a high-altitude balloon at 60,000 feet passing over Alaska, Canada, uh, Idaho, Montana, and then moving across St. Louis, Missouri, and into South Carolina and off to the coast. I mean, it's insane that the U.S. military was paralyzed and we're starting to get a sense of why they were, because it was their mode of operandus uh, uh, without any question. They were not used to having to deal with a national security issue in full view of the American people. What do you think? I, I totally agree. I mean, the thing got a lovely tour of the entire United States. Uh, who knows how many mil, uh, nuclear and other military sites uh, it got a great view of and transmitted back long before we shot it down over the Atlantic Ocean as though there's no, you know, uh, I don't know, large fields in Kansas that are unoccupied that perhaps would have been, I mean, or Alaska, not like there's no uh, uninhabited parts of Alaska. Uh, you know, I, I'm try, trying to not say anything bad here, but, uh, I mean, you know, there's plenty of, uh, in my opinion, I mean, granted, you know, I, I try not to like, I'm not in government anymore. I try not to act like I know what I'm talking about when I'm a definite civilian, but, uh, it's hard for me to believe that that was the best and only answer, especially in this, uh, diversity focused uh national security state we have now i mean maybe they should stop uh maybe millie should put down um white rage and pick up uh the art of war uh for perhaps yeah whatever whatever he is raging about it is pretty clear that millie is an unstable personality uh sitting there with general stars on his shoulders and in a very important role uh, combine Absolutely. that. Combine that with an impaired, cognitively impaired president, who is spending about three days a week, uh, each week in the White House, and I think we have a recipe for disaster. Uh, I, I mean, it's really. I, I mean, I hate to to be alarmist about this, but we've carried this about as far as the as the United States should, pretending that this impaired and inept president is actual actually capable of leading this country uh, is, to me, just appalling. Uh, well, so I don't know what's worse is that I don't believe he is running the country. I I have this, you know, I'm, I'm going to try not to get too tinfoil hat on you here, but I believe that it has been the goal of, you know, whatever you want to call it, the deep state, not necessarily just the Democrats, but the sort of uni party mm. um, to decrease the value and importance and role of a single president I, and, and the executive itself um, to hand that power more to the behind the scenes bureaucrats that we never see, that we never elect, 
and uh, that we we don't know who they are. I, I don't. So I don't know what's worse if Biden himself is actually making these decisions, which I just don't. I don't believe. I mean, I, 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 I just don't buy it. I think there's a team of people. The problem is, I think they are Obama's team. I think we're looking at a Susan Rice run government, actually. Uh, if I can pick anybody, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's a team. I don't know. But it's not Joe. It's not Kamala. I just don't buy it. And I, I think that we are in term three of the Obama years. Um, you know, why is he still here? Why is he still in DC? What is for, it's, it's, I, I, I unfortunately still live in the vicinity of DC. At least I got like far as far out into Virginia as I possibly could. <laughs> Um, but I can tell you, it's not a pleasant place to be. Meanwhile, you know, President Trump is uh, enjoying life in uh, Florida, uh, you know, preparing himself wherever he may be. And I, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. I don't know a president that sticks around D.C. because it's just a horrific place to be. So there's something weird about that. There's something going on there. I I. I, I assure you, you're not alone in your speculations and, and uh, conjurings about why in the world that would be. I had, he made it pretty clear that he is going to be a factor in public policy, uh, whether a, a president or, or former president. And I don't think people are entirely wrong when they look at the Biden uh, first term as uh, Obama's third term because the insinuation of all of the scandals, all of the illegal acts that took place under uh, President Obama and the intelligence community uh, in the FBI, uh, it's pretty clear that those are all related. And as we've seen demonstrated over the course of the past now, we're now in the seventh year of the political persecution of President Trump, it's pretty clear they're all, all related and directed by a cabal, a strong group of individuals somewhere who are hiding just uh, outside uh, the light uh, in the shadows of a, of a, of a extra government uh, in D.C. Yeah, and, and that's where they want to be. I mean, here's the thing. They're doing, they can turn it up to 11 now without any direct um, accusations being aimed at them without any of these massive failures being exactly on their feet, because most of America is going like, oh, look at Joe Biden's big mistakes and his failures and this and that. And it's like, what an interesting place to be to basically be the shadow president and be able to do as many of the criminal and awful things that you can possibly want to do with a you know, because remember, Biden doesn't have a legacy. OK, like it's just Biden. Like we're not going to be looking at a hunter term anytime soon. I mean, I know America's gone crazy, but it's not that crazy. Um, whereas like, you know, you look at the Bushes, you look at the even even the Clintons imagine that they have some type of legacy, even though they're they don't even in the hierarchy of uh, CIA presidents, they're they're far below the Bushes and the Obamas, which is one thing that people don't really recognize, like the way that that structure works. It's very family oriented. It's always been very family oriented oriented and it's always been very legacy oriented with Biden. We have no legacy. We've got a one a guy who's barely cognizant one, you know, sorry to say about anybody, but he's one foot out the door and and what a perfect place to lay your most egregious acts, you know, such as the raid on Mar-a-Lago, such as I mean, all of these things granted. Yes, of course, that's DOJ, but that is that is DOJ doesn't just do that. That's directed. 
Well, it, it is directed. And one of the things that I was very taken aback by uh, was over the course of the week and a number of uh, from last the end of last weekend over the weekend. Obviously, a number of congressmen and senators were informed of various uh, developments during, quote unquote, the Trump administration. Uh, There was unattributed uh, quotations from uh, Defense Department officials uh, concerning uh, the fact that this had happened. Uh, the assertion, not the fact that this had happened, that is a balloon had traversed U.S. territory uh, under the Trump administration, which brought instant denials uh, from the office of the uh, Director of National Intelligence, John Ratcliffe, uh, a a rejection by President Trump, absolutely. Mark Esper started stammering, talking about the former uh, head of the Department of Defense, Uh, stammering around saying, I don't recall that. Uh, First of all, that is one of the most bizarre answers to that. If a man would not, thinks he might not recall an intrusion into U.S. airspace by an adversary, an enemy, uh, is what uh, China considers itself to be, so we shouldn't hesitate to use that term, an enemy of the United States, what kind of moron is he and was he? (laughs) I mean, not just, yeah, not just any guy. He's using terminology that one uses when they're on the stand, right? Like that's that's what you use when you're in a, a, a hearing, you've sworn under oath, I do not recall, I do not recall. The guy was just talking to Greta. Like, uh, it's not that like serious. It's, you're just on TV, sir. You don't need to freak out. But like the way he did that, his answers were so bizarre that they, they, again, they caused way more questions than answers. Um, and yeah, the murmurs amongst folks that I know and trust uh, and, and the general gist of some of the lower level folks, but that who would know um, are, you know, does, does Mark Esper have a truth problem? Uh, does, does Pompeo have a truth problem? Does, do any of these folks, I mean, and, and, and would President Trump, uh, even know if such, a, I mean, there's, there's so much that happened. Well, we had such an out of control, uh, for a long time, um, Department of Defense and CIA, which by the way, was run by the person who ran Russiagate. I don't care if you, if, you know, I, if you were the head of London Station, you knew about the beginning of Russiagate, like Gina Haspel did. Um, the director and, of the uh, CIA, Gina Haspel. Yes, and, yeah, which is insane. Who's, by but, the way, been connected now to, uh, to the uh, to, to that part of the of the uh, the Russia collusion hoax? Uh, yeah. she ever, just about everybody who's anybody in the intelligence community seems to be linked uh, to to that enterprise as well as the is the top of the department of justice and the fbi it's appalling it was their op i mean it was their operation as a as obviously you know again i i am the the queen of being able to turn any situation back into russiagate not just because i want everyone to see plot against the president because it'll explain everything beautifully and it's available on amazon itunes and on dvd from walmart but anyways now that i've done my plug um I actually do have a serious reason for constantly saying this goes back to Russiagate. All roads go back to Russiagate because the cover-up of this giant mistake, which was the looseness and 
and and sloppiness with which they did Russiagate because they've gotten away with so much before that they just they went being, too far. They being who, Amanda? Uh, the, the, who was the, sloppy? The group, the group that you mentioned. I mean, oh. the FBI, the DOJ, uh, the Democrat, the Democratic Party, and their 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 creepy hires such as Fusion GPS and uh, their their external lawfare arm Perkins Coie. Um, you know, all of these, which who, by the way, are all involved in, uh, Perkins Coie, at least involved in every single election, uh, battle that we we've had from 2020 to 2022. Um, you know, it never stops with these people. It's like the, the universe is run out of bad guys. They are, they are the Democrats, uh, favored firm. And they are, I mean, they're, they're a legal they're, arm. They're, they, we, for some reason, we don't do that. I don't know why. I mean, there's nothing. Does the word stupidity come to mind? Yeah, yeah, it, it does. Uh, uh, you know, you're, you, you went there faster than I did. But yeah, I absolutely. I mean, this is one of the, actually, okay, this is one of the reasons that I, I, I'm getting out of politics because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's making me pull out my hair. Uh, and, and also, you know, I'm not in the administration anymore. Now I make movies. Uh, I'm, I'm moving more back into my natural state, which is, you know, making films. They're still going to be about, you know, telling the truth when it's not popular and uh, telling uh, un, unassailable uh, truths. Um, but the, the thing, the last political thing, attempt, war, warfare, gift to the American people, whatever you want to call it, that I did was my participation in the RNC uh, chair fight. And now look, everybody knows that we lost, meaning the American people, because I and a lot of other uh, folks who are legitimate patriots who actually care about the outcomes of elections were very much pro Harmeet Dillon because that's one of the things that she talked about first. She's a tough litigator and she was saying we need to have, why, why don't we have such a, such a legal arm? We are in a lawfare state. We need to be, you know, this isn't about sending millions of texts and emails to your grandparents, confusing them into sending more money to the RNC, like some kind of scam uh, telephone service. But this is about lawfare. We need to be winning these elections and, uh, and, and working with the grassroots, like, you know, folks like Scott Pressler and whatnot. She acknowledged these people who have been doing work by themselves that the RNC should have been funding. I mean, what else are they there for? Um, with Ronna McDaniel and her relationship with McConnell and, and every other uh, terrible corrupt beast in, in DC, she has to go. Any coach on a uh, professional sports team that went 0-5 would not still be the coach. Uh, so that was, that was something that I worked on, um, you know, with a very small, awesome team of people. We, we even, you know, I even had the pleasure of being in the room during the vote before they asked me to leave, which luckily was after the vote. Um, once I think they figured out who I was. Um, but, uh, I mean, it was a total joke. The room, it's just the whole place. It was at the Waldorf Astoria of, uh, Dana point, uh, you know, just to make sure they know that they're spending your donations. Well, 
Um, and I, uh, I took my $20 cookie and my coffee and I, uh, went back on the porch and smoked a cigarette and realized that, yeah, okay, we lost. There's no, there's there, until we did you out expect the to win? Not a lot of hope. Well, we expected it to be tighter there. I wasn't on the whip team, <clears throat> but the folks who were certainly were expecting it to be much tighter, which means that a lot of people who had told us yes, went no. And Rana did a lot of, um, frankly, bribery. I mean, she went out and told people who have legitimate legal fees that they would take care of them. And, uh, that's, that's not entirely on the up and up and. You Can know, you tell us who she said that to? Well, I know the entire team in Nevada for sure, uh, because Nevada, you know, is my political state. That's where I that's where I began and, you know, frankly, ended my political career. Uh, but um, just because it's the closest to my home state of Nevada, I mean, a home state of California, which is there's no point in being in California is just a joke. Um, but uh but yeah, so I, I blame a lot of the, I mean, there's many such places. Um, there was some, though, one thing that was cool is there were some people who were so uh, afraid of the grassroots pushback that they actually took pictures of their ballots to prove to us that they did vote for Harmeet, which I was like, that's, that's cool. I like that. I like that energy. That's some power. That's good. Um, you know, obviously there's there's a future there. Clearly no one has ever been as interested in an RNC election than this one. That I mean, have you ever heard of anyone paying attention to an RNC election? Like I haven't. But well, suddenly this, one, became, this came on a clear. on a tidal wave of despair from the grassroots. Yes. Uh that despair has not dissipated. Uh it is uh this is a Republican Party right now that does not acknowledge Donald Trump as its leader, uh, that is uh, in a civil war, you can use whatever dramatic uh, or sensationalized language you know, that we would want, but it is, a, it is without question a, a fractured Republican Party right now, and I see no signs of it changing. I think the RNC battle, uh, the fact that she, Ronna McDaniel, Ronna Romney McDaniel, wanted to have another term, despite what she had done over the course of three cycles, is uh, tells me she's not self-aware, but certainly was uh, keenly uh, focused on how much power she still possessed. Uh, this is not going to work well for the Republican Party. And what's really not going to work well is this divide still between rhinos uh, and uh, and the establishment and the the group of America First MAGA uh, candidates and uh, now elected officials of both the Senate uh, and the House. It's a divide that I right now cannot visualize mending in time for 2024, uh, because right now it is too early to to make any of those judgments, but it, it really, it really looks like the donor class is lining up against Donald Trump and in favor of Ron DeSantis. Uh, and that's going to be a problem because if they do that, I believe that the entire America first base will as one, I know there will be a few who decide to stay, but I think as one will support president Trump and turn their backs on DeSantis or whomever else the party would select. I believe that that I, bond is I that agree. strong. 
I, I totally agree. And look, I, I don't have some massive problem with DeSantis. I think he has proven himself a very good governor. I like him. I, I live in Virginia. Youngkin does some pretty cool things very quietly. I, I, under, I, I find that very cool that he's, he's been doing the right thing, but not holding a press conference about it. I'm 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 fine with DeSantis as the governor. Um, listen, he's a younger man. If he was smart, there is no reason to divide the Republican Party like this. He can run in in four years, and he will do great. And 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 that would be one. That'd be. I mean, maybe that'd be fine. I don't know enough about him, but I, I like the I like the guy. I mean, I met him. I talked to him. I, I I I used to know him when he was a congressman. Like, I like his comms team. Like, very very capable people. Um, I found uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But right not, now is not the time. We need to unify. And what we've got is, as you say, this absolute civil war. But it's it's weirder than that because it's such a small group that isn't with the base and yet they have all the power as usual and it's so the rnc uh fight was such a brilliant example of that 90 like three or four percent of america of right-wing americans said they wanted change at the rnc the rnc said we don't care we don't care what you want like we don't represent you give us your money and we will decide who the candidates and who who wins and who loses because we shouldn't have the small majority that we do. And there's a handful of phenomenal candidates. The, the way that Rana blamed the candidates, what Carrie Lake, who's beloved, um, uh, guys like Joe Kent, Blake Masters, smart people, especially on foreign policy. Joe Kent on foreign policy, amazing. Why are these people not supported? Why do we give money to the RNC if not to get those candidates elected? I mean, it's ridiculous. You know the answer. They're pro, yeah, they're pro Trump, and uh, the and Blake Masters did not make that clear enough. I think he created many of his own problems. In fairness, uh, much of it was a failure. Most of it was a failure of, of course, the Senate, uh, uh, the Senate Leadership Fund to to yep. boost him. Uh, the the issues that are dividing are very simple. Uh, they don't like Trump still. Uh, a lot of Republicans have adopted the uh, Trump derangement syndrome from the left-wing Democrats, and they think it makes them the cool kids, just like all of those uh, radical Marxists uh, in Washington, D.C., that they apparently admire. I mean, listen to Mitt Romney, for crying out loud. Oh I, I mean, he's I, out of I his try, mind. I try not to. Listen, I'm trying to keep my heart rate at a uh, level pace, so I try not to <laughs> Well, this, this to isn't it. the show for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But no, you know what else it is, Lou? They know that we figured it out. It was gonna take two terms. I think Trump got Trump got uh, uh, hoodwinked by a lot of, frankly, you know, I gotta say, Trump does a lot of stuff that my dad does, where like he has this kind of old school, like constant um, reverence towards the military uh, and great respect for them, which I do too. Look, I love the military, right. but it's like, he'll believe anybody in uniform. I mean, so will my dad. Like when I had to go home and explain to my dad that McMaster was bad, it took like three times where I was like, dude, like your buddy is not good. Like, let me explain this to you. And, um, and I think they share, it's weird. They share a blind spot for that. But I think what the Republicans know now is that enough of us, and I, I weakly include myself because I was so 
like I say, lower level, not not making massive decisions by any means, but the people who were and the good people in the Trump administration, they learned so much and certain mistakes will not be made again. And a lot of those are personnel mistakes. And the RNC wants to have their grip on personnel in the Trump administration, any future one as well. Who wants to have their grip? The RNC, <laughs> like they did before. Uh, exactly. Uh, that will, I, I have to say to you, that is highly unlikely. There's only one way that that will happen. And that is if Ken Griffin uh, and Paul Singer and the boys all Ugh. come together and make uh, and just buy it out. It'll be a hostile takeover. It may not be a hostile takeover. I shouldn't say that. Uh, they're buddies with Rana. They just might do an interesting, quiet merger. Uh, but it's something to watch out for. We, and we know that, the, the, look at the issues that we have to deal with now. The balloon reveals what some of us suspected. Uh, that is, that that Defense Department was never uh, saluting when the Commander-in-Chief was present. Uh, that they were to do, I have to say, I'm surprised at the degree to which they cut communication lines with the commander in chief. Uh, I think that uh, without question, Millie, uh, the, the, the a host of generals over there uh, should be brought up on charges. And it's that straightforward. And I think that if the Republican Party, I'm talking about in the House and the Senate, don't have the guts to go after uh, these generals, who have obviously not taken uh, incidents and, provoca- and provocations from our uh, our geopolitical enemies? Uh, th- this is then it's the end of the republic because this is a breach in, uh, in civilian leadership being in charge of our military. Uh, I, I just can't believe the the breadth of it uh, in the Pentagon. These people are. Uh, it's no wonder that they've lost wars against countries that are basically primitive, uh, unarmed. They live in caves. I, I mean, that, that, and it's just unbelievable. I mean, you no, speak no, of like, H.R. McMasters, then we can go to yeah. David Petraeus, who wrote the doctrine for all of this called Don't The Long War. These are the boy oh. geniuses of Washington, D.C. and the establishment, and no wonder we're not winning wars with the most advanced oh, military absolutely. in the world. And and if if people were, I mean, look, I'm not to be on the hobby horse that I always am, but I, I really just suggest somebody get to the bottom of who told President Trump that Millie was the guy to promote, because I know who it was, and uh, it was not my favorite guy in government, is all I'll say. Who was it? You can tell. We're all Pompeo. friends here. It was Pompeo. Really? You I, mean the one-year-long yes. CIA director? Yeah, the guy that put Gina Haspel in charge of the yep. CIA so that he could control both. Got the guy at one and who point wants to be president? State Department. Yeah, yeah, th- that'll happen because he's so charismatic and he could speak off the cuff so well. Anyway, you mean like um, Joe Biden? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, no, I, it's absolutely he. I have it on 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 the authority of several people in elected office who are not going to come out and say so by themselves, but they'll tell me after a few glasses of wine at a. Uh, you know, whatever uh, post post screening discussion, but I'm telling you, that's the guy, and uh, and he needs to be asked why, and and he needs to be asked why a lot of things happened under his supposed command of the State Department. But you know, it's 
It's better than it is now, but uh, but it still wasn't what it should have been. Uh, Trump didn't get the team he should have gotten, and we we need that. We need that to happen, or the country is well, uh, again down we, the tubes. I'm going to say this out loud, and uh, I'm going to hope the president uh, is listening. The president needs, as a matter of urgent and number one priority, to create the Trump organization the Trump political organization that will serve as a transition team and will serve as a significant number of the people that he would put in to run 17 federal departments. There is nothing short of that that he should be doing. Nothing is more important than that. And I hope and that it, and it can't be AFPI. I mean, if that's what he thinks he's doing with the America First Policy Institute, that is not what is happening. It well, needs to be hopeful. I, 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 I know on that there's some there's some very good people that are working on such a list, but it needs to be far more robust and it needs to be funded. Yeah. yeah. An organization funded and devoted to this man uh, who deserves our support uh, across this country. Uh, and if anyone does has any question about that after watching this balloon float by uh, <laughs> the United States military, uh, in this White House, uh, it, it, I, I don't know what to say to them. But I do know what to say to you. I want to know about your uh, next project. Tell us all about it, and then we're going to we're going to wrap up here uh, with your concluding thoughts on the body politic. But first, your next project. Well, <clears throat> listen, we've got more than one because what I decided to do after the plot against the president is I realized, you know, the right does not have, I mean, frankly, you know, they've got a couple organizations. They're not, I want them all to succeed. We need, we need an industry. We know we don't just need one company. I want them all to succeed, but it's just not my style. I want to create a factory so that I can support other directors other creatives up and coming that I can share the knowledge that I learned at the best film school in the world from my my knowledge of time spent in Hollywood with my dad, et cetera. Um, so it's that's that has been the focus is building AMDC films as more of a factory for multiple projects than one particular project. But particular projects I can tell you about that we are excited about is obviously uh, the China mega doc um which you know i can't get into too much detail or you know two to three of these other companies will just go running around trying to rebuild what i actually do but with less basically the, these things this this china relationship what's been going on is not just something that happened in the last five years the last 10 years this has been uh, uh designed for 50 years and i want to explore that a lot of people are like hey why don't you do plot against the president too about what's happening right now and i'm like i don't need to do that i want to go back to the core so what i can tell you is that i'm going backwards i'm not going forwards first a because i the way i did plot against the president is with irrefutable facts. A lot of these guys go out there and they make these hyperbolic documentaries that don't actually answer any questions and don't actually tell you anything you don't know because they don't have the information. I do it when I have the information and it's solid. Um, so I'm doing that. I've got the McAfee doc and scripted feature, which some really surprising characters in Hollywood are interested in. And I, I'm fine with that. And if I told you who they were, I think you'd be fine with it too. Um, but uh, so that's very exciting. And um, we are moving the company to Dallas, Texas. Thank God. We're going to uh, God's country where it's not, uh, we're getting as far away from DC as possible. 
And uh, we have some great uh, relationships out there and an industry out there that we can work with. And, um, you know, like I said, that's two of at least eight projects, 10 or 11, if you count the scripteds that are on the, on the plate right now. So well, we, have a, we have a, a lot of work to do. Well, good for you and, and good for the, the right side of this country. Uh, we appreciate it, Amanda, and, and enjoyed talking with you. Thanks uh, for being with us, and I hope you'll come back soon. Uh, we always give our guests the last word. Uh, your concluding thoughts, if you will. Oh, yikes. Uh, I try not to depress everyone on the way out the door, but uh, I got to agree with you, Lou. I mean, I, if this civil war slash just break of the grassroots to the uh, the, the donor class does not get um, at least if we don't come to at least some kind of a peace and some kind of an agreement, um, we're not going to win. And I, I, I think that's what they want, frankly, but um, the grassroots is bigger than they are. We have the numbers. We have the numbers. And uh, I, I think there's a lot we can do with that. Well, well said. And let's hope that uh, you're right, because I agree with you 100%. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Amanda, it's been great talking with you. We thank you so much. God bless you and good luck with all of your projects. Thanks for being with us here on the Great America Show. Thank you so much, Lou. You're the best, and you'll be the first to hear about them. Terrific. Thanks, Amanda Milius, for being with us. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And our guest Monday is Colonel Doug McGregor. We'll be talking about America's readiness to go to war with Red China Rising and Ukraine on fire. What is Europe doing about Russia? And more. That's here Monday. Please join us. Until then, thanks, God bless you, and God bless America.